It's guaranteed or your money back. Feed your lawn. Feed it. Remember when you were told bigger is better? Well, that's just simply not the case. Do you want a big bill? No. A big burden? No. What about a big bulky tank water heater taking up space in your basement? No, I didn't think so. What you do want is to make all of those things smaller. Navian tankless water heaters are more efficient and take up less space than outdated bulky tanks with cutting-edge features that improve safety, simplify processes, and increase capabilities. Once you go Navian, you'll never go back. Learn more at tanklessmadesimple.com. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. To the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn Over in the main studios, the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He is on Twitter at mgiannotto. Mark, good day. Sir. Oh, it's a fantastic day, Jeffrey. Well, not really. Uh, not outside, yes. but, you know, we still have a Memphis Grizzlies season. We still got a series, baby. Yeah, that's that's what matters. Um, what a win last night. That was fun. It was a fun game. And, and it was different than last year's. Like, last year's was fun, too, over Golden State, but um, this one felt different. This one felt different, I think, simply from the fact that not only was Ja on the floor, like Ja was awesome. Mm-hmm. And and not only Dez was not hobbling around with a bad back, he was awesome. Desmond Bain. Definitely a huge part of it. I also think there's another part of this. Yes, the Lakers have two players that still scare you. I still think there was collectively more fear of the Warriors. I think you I think you see with I think you see with Dave disagrees. Dave Matthews. Dave, bro. <laughs> Dave. Uh, that is, that is. Give me flashbacks last night. Call me, bro. Bro. Uh, that's a different bro. <laughs> I think he got, you got called bro. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. There's was a, a difference between bro and bro. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was, it was said in a, it was certainly said in a, not a, it, we're, we're a friendly bro uh, type of way. I would argue 95% of the time that the, that you get called bruh, it is not in a positive manner. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, well, it was an interesting night all the way around. Um, uh, you know, Ja got a little snarky with me, rightfully so. I called him out. I gotta if I'm gonna if I'm gonna if I'm gonna dish it, Jeffrey, I gotta be able to take it. Um, got a little snarky in his press conference with me. I thought I had. A, I thought it was a pretty good. Uh, that was a good zinger. It was, it was a clean was shot. A, yeah, like I thought it was a pretty good zinger. He like you know I asked him a question about what's it going to take to get to bring it back to game seven, and he like you know kind of sort of used some of the words from my own column against me. Like it was pretty good. I don't read your stuff, but well, he does. Uh, let's be fair. He didn't read it in my column. He read the excerpt that sure. I put on Twitter. But nonetheless, um, you know, well played. Well played behind the microphone, well played on the court by John Morant um, and uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. So, uh, And we get a game six in L.A. tomorrow night, 9.30 tip. I'll be flying out there right after the show, uh, going back to the West Coast. And uh, like I said, it, it just feels different than when I was flying back to San Francisco last year when they did this same thing. Blew out, down 3-1, blew out the Warriors in game five feels different. So we'll dive into it. It's Tasty Take Thursday. We'll we'll offer our takes on game 5, look ahead to game 6. Lots of interesting storylines to dive into. Uh 240 or so. We'll uh it's NFL Draft Day. And uh, as you pointed out as you pointed out yesterday, it's a big deal everywhere else. It feels like here it's kind of getting lost because like sure. the Lakers Grizzly series is a really big deal. Um, but we got the first round of the NFL draft. Always for me, 
one of the most enjoyable viewing experiences of the year if from you're a the, sports perspective. If you are a fan of a losing team, this is all you got. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, and That's probably what it yeah. is. That's probably yeah. what it is. This I've is, been 25 years as a Commanders fan. Has I made noticed me, I was – I actually think this is a more interesting NFL draft than last year's was, mm-hmm. but I was way more into it last year because my team was picking at 5 and – I think it was 5 and 12. Well, and I'll be honest. The NFL draft has a new soft spot in my heart after – it was. remember it was like the first kind of sports thing we had when the pandemic hit? Uh, Mark. The commish doing yeah. commish things. Yes, saving, saving, saving entertainment. Remember, we had the weird Harry Connick Jr. like national yeah. anthem at the yeah. at the piano. We're like, yeah. is he well, trying to bang sitting us? Sitting in his basement or yeah. whatever. We were sitting well, in the we, man we cave. Got, we had a and we had a wardrobe change. Yeah, yeah. we got to see. Um, we got to see. Uh, you you looked into the players' houses. You're like, hmm, how'd they get there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was the Tua one. Yeah, it was Tua. That was it. Was well, like, then you had like. Then you oh, had, like, that's the house. Well, then you had, like, the, I think it was the South Carolina, was it Kinlaw, like, had the people that were peeking around the corner. Yeah, it was like, yeah, because, yeah, that, cause the, yeah that was. It's good stuff. It was just, it, it, it will always, it went to a new level, the NFL draft, I've because tried it, to, it helped us get through the pandemic. I've tried to remove most of, like, that entire time frame. Yeah. I can still, I, that's, like, one of the few things from the pandemic. I was so happy I, yes. to be watching Correct. something that exactly. was, like, relevant. It was, like, I don't have to force myself to watch Korean baseball. Correct. Or and God bless NASCAR, but like I was forcing myself to watch NASCAR. Or when we had to force ourselves to watch virtual NASCAR. Yeah. Like at least at least when the cars were going. Like Remember it, the horse competition the NBA did? Oh yeah. That that and like Mike Conley well, it won like it Mike from his, at his house. It is house gym and then like they clearly didn't have like I don't think it had been troubleshooted. Yeah. Yeah. Troubleshot. Well, no one I don't could know. go no one could go anywhere. Yeah. But um but now we have a full fledged NFL draft. Where is it this year? Uh, Kansas City, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, is that or is that next year? No, I think that's right. Um, I think it's Kansas City. Yes, this year. Union Station in Kansas City is where the NFL draft is being held. So, first round is tonight. Uh, we'll see. You know, a lot of intrigue about the quarterbacks. We'll dive into it later this hour, three o'clock or so. We'll get into the list. Does Penny Hardaway have a new assistant coach? Uh, there's a rumor out there. Name you might be familiar with. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about it in the list as well as uh, a pioneer dive into a really aside from the you know the Grizzlies game was exciting for Memphis fans you know it wasn't like the greatest game in terms of it wasn't close it was great if you're a Grizzlies fan because the Grizzlies took care of business but the other games last night were unbelievable um, and we you know we have the Bucks eliminated the Warriors get a huge road win so we'll get into that in the list and then. 3.30 or so, Jason Smith will join us. We'll get his thoughts on the Grizzlies. But uh, let's start with some takes. It's Thursday, baby. What what was your defining take coming out of Game 5, going into Game 6, uh, Jeffrey? So I've been trying to think like how to, how to articulate this. I think I want to say this. Last night felt weird. And here's mm. why it felt weird to Weird. Me. Here's why I would say weird. From a Grizzlies fan perspective, fun, awesome night. Mm-hmm. The, the game itself had a, a weird vibe in the sense that it felt to me a little more like a regular season game mm-hmm. than we have seen. And I, I'm not even saying, like, I'm not blaming crowd. I'm not, it just, it was an odd feel because, and I found myself thinking, like, what is, like, what is the defining, like, what's the defining thought from tonight? And the reason why I say it felt weird is you did what you had to do to force game six. Mm-hmm. I still left myself, I still found myself thinking the entire time, they're just gearing up for game six, they being the Lakers. Like, mm. it I certainly seemed like, well, like, the big question to me coming out of it, it was, was LeBron, are we seeing, like, whatever it is, father time? Father injury, foot injury, um, just the grueling nature of going back and forth between Memphis and LA and having, you know, only one day rest now. Like, what was the reason why he very clearly had it in like first or second gear and never really took it up a notch? Mark, there were multiple I don't know, I don't know from your vantage point, but on the TV copy, there were just like multiple possessions where he was clearly just like 
standing mm-hmm. and, and conserving energy. And then post game, I thought it was interesting. I don't he know, played like ass. Well, yeah, I'm not even talking about his post game. Darvin Ham's post game. I don't mm-hmm. know if you got to go into that one because that might have been during the locker room. Yeah, he, Darvin was asked about, hey, LeBron. LeBron came out before AD. You know what was that about? Darvin said, I'm paraphrasing. Basically, he's like, we had a non-verb. Like we looked at each other and we yeah. knew, like, okay, and, and it was over. And I thought that was. I thought it was interesting because my suspicion is that was more of the result not only of an impending Game 6, but more also the result of how much gas he had to use in Game 4. Yeah. And my suspicion is that was less of, I think Father Time's playing, uh, I think Father Time's clearly playing a a role, if you will. I also think the foot is playing a role. Mm Mm-hmm. But I suspect more than anything, LeBron seems to be the guy that knows like just how much he does or doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And I think he it, that felt to me like I'm saving up every ounce for game six. Yeah. And that's the reason why I said it was weird because there was a lot to be excited about. And there was a lot of reason for optimism. And we'll get into a few of those. I still just found myself thinking like, oh, my God, Friday is a massive basketball game. Yeah, like, and it's all like, you're gonna you're gonna get emptying the gas tank, LeBron, in that one. They don't want. I mean, Anthony Davis made it clear like they do not want to come back to Memphis for Game Seven. And frankly, the way the schedule's shaping up, if you look at the TV schedule, like it is going to be a nightmare for them if they have to come back here for Game Seven with with those two specifically, LeBron and Anthony Davis, because it's looking like if Kings Warriors goes to a Game Seven, they're going to play at noon. On Sunday in Memphis, if they get to a game, and seven. that's going to obviously give that's literally going to be they're going to end that game on Friday night, likely at like one a.m. What what midnight? What yeah, one yeah, of these midnight? Not, probably yeah midnight midnight, midnight central. central time. So they're literally going to play eighteen hours later. Well, and I mean, and you, they're going to fly across the country to do it. That's like that's going to be rough on well, everyone, and, but especially those two guys. So that's kind of the other thing. The reason why I said it's it's a little weird. Obviously, we know with LeBron, there's it's not like he's just got an unlimited resource of, of fuel in the tank, if you will. Are we maybe discounting how much this could be impacting? I don't know. Say Des, Des played. Damn near forty three minutes last night. Yeah, and well, like, I, it's, it, I mean, yes, I would just say like you're, you know, the Grizzlies are in a different situation than the Lakers right now because like they're in winner or home situations in three straight games. Hopefully, you know? yeah. Um, I just think it's different, and you know, it's not like Le- LeBron still played thirty five minutes last night, thirty three minutes. I think those were those were not yeah, high stress thirty. Yeah. That was not a high stress. Yeah, amount no, of that's fair. Um, but I, you know. I would just say this, like this is my tasty take. I mean, and I think others have said it today, but and why it felt different is like the way the Grizzlies won it was about as confidence boosting as it could have been. To me, I because think- it was like you, you said before the series, okay, they've got this huge advantage inside with Anthony Davis. They've got LeBron James, but you know what? They don't have anyone who can cover John Morant and Desmond Bain. And Yes, Ja had 45 in game three, and but a lot of that was done when the game was, you know, basically decided in a lot of ways. And yes, Dez had 36 in game four, but he wasn't hitting any threes. To see them clicking together like they were last night, and then, oh, by the way, Jaron Jackson Jr. comes in and gives you another 18, and I looked this up, they, they combined for 82 points last night. Those three guys have never combined for more points in a playoff game ever. Yeah. Last night was the best. And, like, to see them clicking like that, you go, oh, like, this is how – there there it is. That's the formula and to, to, for them winning this series, going and winning three in a row. We saw it, and it just felt – like, last year, last year felt like when they beat Golden State, it felt like they came home and they hit an inordinate amount of shots and Golden State folded up shop early. I don't. I, while LeBron was coasting, the Lakers didn't necessarily fold up shop. I mean, and the, they came out in that second half, and you know they it was a close game. They cut it to one, and they had the basketball. And then 
you also had the added caveat of like Taylor Jenkins, and it, frankly, it felt like a game late, but he he did it. He he went with Kennard over Brooks more, and the only reason Dylan played as many minutes as he did is because Kennard got hurt at the end of the end. What end of the third quarter was when he ran into that screen? Fourth, wasn't it? Because I think he started the fourth quarter. Okay, yeah, beginning of the fourth. Um, when he runs, I think it was his, like two minutes into the fourth. <clears throat> and so you just saw it was like, oh, there's that's how they do it. That's how they're going to do it. Like you saw it. Whereas last year it was like, well, like you know, still no jaw. And yeah, it was ten forty eight in the in the. Okay. It was a minute twelve into the fourth quarter. It just it it all seemed different because the way they won that game against the Lakers. You could imagine them doing that again. I don't know if you could do that last year with how they beat Golden State without Ja. No, I, I completely agree. The same reason that I liked the Grizzlies before the series started is exactly what happened last night. I understand LeBron and Anthony Davis. I, I think Anthony Davis is clearly their best player right now, and I understand with LeBron there's there's just the fear of an all-time great that maybe is not at the peak of his powers, but he's still he's still physically good enough to just crush you with his mind also. Like, mm-hmm. he can do it more savvy. Like, the that layup uh, to send game four to overtime is like the perfect example of, okay, yeah, he's not he is not as dominant as he was at his prime, but he's still good enough. But the bigger deal to me was the next three guys mm-hmm. – the next three best players were all Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And last night was the first night that it felt like all three played well. And I know like Jaron didn't have like the massive scoring night. He had a massive second half. Yeah. He had he was I, I would he have three shots at halftime. He had three like shots that. in the first three half shot attempts. And then he, he got to the line six times. He had a good fourth quarter too. And he and he rebounded well again. Um, well, I mean, I think the Grizzlies collectively rebounded pretty well. The fact yeah. that the fact that they spent so much time going small mm-hmm. and you only get beat on the boards by two? When you saw yesterday, after in L.A., they were not adequately taking advantage of the non-Anthony Davis minutes. And that was the last first night. Last night, they crushed them. Yes. They crushed them in the non-Anthony Davis minutes. And a lot of it was with that small ball lineup. And I think a lot of it was, it felt to me like last night when Ja didn't see Anthony Davis on the floor. Mm-hmm. It was go time. Yeah. And even then he was he was finishing really well last night it felt like uh at the rim. Others weren't, but he was. Layups um, have been a problem. Yeah. Um but it was uh it was a hell of a hell of a performance by the Grizzlies and uh but you know what? They're the best home team in the NBA. That was the game they were supposed to get. Yeah. Like let's just be real. This next one is the game they're not supposed to get. Are they, They're underdogs, right? Yeah, four and a half. Four so and that, that brings me to my next t- tasty take. Okay. You got an opportunity to go erase everything, and you got an opportunity to mm-hmm. – it'd be, it'd be a, t- a fitting tribute to Dr. Dre in his hometown to have a forgot about Dre game because this could be, to all my critics, kiss my ass. Mm. This could be one of those nights. Yeah. But the reality is – You've got to do multiple things that you haven't done this year. Mm-hmm. You've got to, A, go win it on the road as an underdog. Mm-hmm. I presume you're going to have to go play in a, a very good fourth quarter. Yes, you're going to. You're. I, I mean, maybe you can go win, win going away again. But, yeah, I think you're right. I, think I, you're, I suspect that that's going to be. I suspect that that's going to be. This is going to be, a like, a battle. Both teams know. Like the obviously the Grizzlies backs are against the wall, but like like I said, you could just tell listening to the Lakers, like they know they have no they really they know they don't want to come back to Memphis. They know they'll they they're 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 probably not going to lose two in a row and then come into Memphis and then win on eighteen hours rest. I mean they're Mark not. to quote the great Nick Saban, you know, after the US beat Russia. Mm-hmm. In the 1980 Winter Olympics, yep, they still had to go beat Finland. Mm. Game six feels like the game six feels like the semifinal game, and then it, honestly, it feels like if you get to Sunday, it's like that's just going to be a coronation. Hopefully, and now obviously there's that's some history. To, there's some history. No, and that's well, that's the thing is. So in the group chat, in one of my one of my group chats with basically my high school buddies, we all would consider. Mother's Day 2012, 
2013, I think. No, it's 2012. 2013, oh. they went to the Western Conference Finals. That's right. Mother's Day 2012 is one of the most depressing days yeah. as a sports fan that collectively we've all had. Mm-hmm. And it was a similar type scenario. The Grizzlies fall down 3-1. They, come, they win game five. They win game six. And it's like, all right, see you Sunday. And it felt like, okay, this is, this is, all, this is all Grizzlies. And that you want to talk about a weird basketball game. The score was close at times, but you never really once got the sense like, oh, the Grizzlies are going to win this game. It's so funny when you look at the scores from that series. Oh, God. Like, there were games in the 80s. Like, the, it was, the game seven was 82-72. Yeah. Um, yeah, only, only in two games did one team eclipse 100 points. It was tough. Tough. In tough the mud. basketball. In the mud. Mm-hmm. Um, You're in for a fight. Yeah. And those two teams hated each other. Um, yeah, no, I think it's going to, I mean, game six is going to be a, a hell of a battle. Um, and you're right. They're going to have to, they're going to have to conquer some demons. They're going to have to show a level of poise, uh, that they haven't, uh, frankly on the road. Now I was encouraged last night. You know, I was a little, I don't know if concerns the right word, but like you watch them, they were up 17 in the first half and then, that third quarter, well, really it started at the end of the second where they kind of let the Lakers, like they were up nine at halftime and you were, I came away going, man, they should really be up by more than nine. They've outplayed them by more than nine points in this first half, but they closed the second quarter poorly. Um, and then D'Angelo Russell does like exactly what he did in game four. He has like an eight-point barrage and all of a sudden it's a one-point game and I'm I'm sitting there going, what the you know what the heck like is this really how this is going to go and then i was really encouraged by you know they really put their foot down at the end of the third quarter there with the, i think it was a 19 to 2 run and it was 14 of the 19 points were scored or assisted on by ja or desmond bain yeah and, and i think even like cuz even if you went to the start of the fourth quarter the grizzlies let's i mean see. it went from a 1 point game to like a 25 point game in a matter of five, six minutes. Yeah, because I remember thinking, like, I was hoping the final score was going to end up being 22 points so that that way it could have been, yes, the Lakers lead the series three games to two, but the aggregate score would have been dead even. Instead, it's the Lakers lead three games to two. The aggregate score is plus five. Is it interesting to you that there's really... I guess, I guess it makes sense. Like, there's only been one game where the final score... You know, even though it was six points in overtime, like, okay, it's an overtime game. Mm. But game one was really closer than the final was. But other yeah. than that, it's it's largely been games that the the result has not, never really been in doubt in the fourth. Well, I mean, game, except game four. That, that, I'm saying four was the, well, there's only been one real, like, one... Yeah. I guess there have technically been two close games. Yeah, game one, I yeah. think, counts. Even though they ended up winning by 15 or whatever it was. Um, th- that was a one-point game or whatever with three minutes to go. Uh, so um, it's, a, it's a close series. And um, I think we're going to see a very close game in game six. And that's why leads me to my next take based off what, you know— I, it's certainly the biggest storyline heading into Game Six, I think, in my mind. Given what happened in Game Five, Luke Kennard's shoulder—that's the biggest storyline right now. See that—that's a—that's a cheeseburger take. Let me give you a steak. Oh, here we go. Luke Kennard's shoulder is the biggest story of the series. Oh, okay. Because I think the series is going to be I mean, decided. The series, you think the series is going to be decided tomorrow night? Well, here's the thing that I think it's interesting about. So obviously. Everyone is focusing on, as soon as Luke came in, the difference between Luke and Dylan. Mm-hmm. I do think it's important to add one piece of context with Kennard. I didn't total up all of the minutes, but in, of Luke's 17-plus minutes, over half were without Anthony Davis on the floor. Now, it's also very obvious why you need Luke on the floor. And this the biggest reason is it makes the Lakers play honest defensively. Yep. Because they have to actually guard five guys. And that that gives them 
so much more room to operate. The reason why I think it's the biggest story, Luke Kennard seems to be the only guy that you can put in that position that they choose to play honestly. Mm -hmm. If you look at when they put Roddy in there, they basically do the same thing to Roddy that they do to Dylan. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Conchar. Yeah. The only option where you're going to get the five-on-five matchups is Luke Kennard, and that's why I think at this point it is by far the biggest story. He was plus 26 last night, even though he had two three-pointers. That was it. He hit two shots, and he was plus plus 26. Plus 26 in 17 minutes. Um, No, and then the other question I have is, like, what are you doing with Dylan if Kennard is available? Like, are you not starting him? I think they probably will start him still. It'll just be like it was at the beginning of the second half where, like, he's going to have a short leash probably, I would think, if Kennard is – again, this, this is, is if Kennard's healthy. That This is the – I think this is the – this is why it's such a big question. What would he do if Kennard didn't take that screen? I still think he would start Dylan. And I think – but I think, again, short leash, ultimately particularly in the second half. Man, I don't know. I mean, I he's been bad. He's been so I mean, it's just been like he hasn't been great defensively. Like he's not like he's he, built to be and he's I mean, he's 3 of 15 last night. He took 15 shots. I think he's still the leading shot taker for the Grizzlies. And like most of them you're just going or third maybe. Like literally the building was like kind of groaning every time he took a shot. No, I mean you could see it on on the TV, on the from the camera angle. Heads drop in unison when he takes a shot. It's not great. He's he's lost himself a bunch of money. It feels like in this series. Oh, I don't think anyone's lost more money in the playoffs than he has. Yeah, I mean I think that's like I, I I'd be curious. I was thinking about this the other day. Will he? I think he'll make the same. I. Like, it used to be we'd talk about, oh, is he going to get $20 million? Now I'm, like, wondering, is he going to get the same amount of money he's making now? <sighs> Somebody's going to give him mid-level, right? Yeah, but that's, like, what he's making now. Yeah. You know, like, that's what I, I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to get some – he's going to make the same amount he's making now. Um, unless, you know, now – He's is, taking the second most threes. That's what I was trying to think of. Now, there is – the possibility that they get through this and, you know, he can have a better playoff. I mean, like, like it is easily forgotten. Like, he was a good playoff player. Like, in the, I was going back through the Minnesota box scores. Like, he had good games in that Minnesota series. Well, he was He awesome. was really good against Utah. He was like, awesome in the Utah series. Like, the reality is the last two seasons, by and large, his shot, his outside shot, which wasn't, like, the greatest, but it's just a band. It used to be he was streaky. You know, like, it was like, yeah, he'd miss threes, but he'd have, like, you know, every three or four games, he'd have like a game where he was on fire, and now, like, th- those have completely disappeared. It feels like. Well, to make an analogy, like your good friend Frank Beamer would do, mm-hmm. it's a lot like a homemade golf swing, mm. Mark. When you've got when you've got a homemade golf swing, oftentimes it's about timing it up right. Gotcha. And it's not. It's always just going to be when it's. It's always just going to be streaky. I think the biggest problem now is it is clearly mental now. Mark, he doesn't make shots in warm-ups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and, well, the 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 question is, because he just says his, you know, he was asked about it by Tim McMahon, and he gave, like, kind of a curt answer, because, like, he's not happy. Tim McMahon, I think he's not happy with Tim McMahon saying. Well, didn't he try to limit questions? Yeah, he basically said, well, apparently, Tim McMahon wasn't there yet, I don't think, but Tim McMahon apparently said, like, on ESPN or something, like, he doesn't expect... Essentially, like, Dylan's not coming back, I think. Something along those lines. Okay. Um, and Dylan, apparently, before... I wasn't there for this, but I was told, like, apparently, before the scrum started, like, basically, I think... It was half- Tim, and who was the other one? So, uh, Jeff said that... Jeff said this morning, like, it was like, he said... He was, was talking... Was the athletic it, guy? Maybe Joe. Was it Joe? Yeah, Joe Varden, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, but he basically said, I'm not going to answer their questions, right? And that the yeah, gist that, of it? Yes. And then Tim Tim wasn't there for that. And so he did ask a question. And knowing Tim, he probably would have, even if yeah, he had yeah, heard it. No, absolutely. Um, and he just asked him, like, what do you do when you're not making shots? And, and I don't know if it was a real answer or if it was Dylan being, like, curt with 
you know, short with Tim because he was not happy with right. him, but just said, just shoot. Next question. Um, and See, like, like the biggest- I don't know if that, you know, like the reality is like he took 15 shots last night and, and if you're going off Taylor Jenkins' philosophy, like I bet you Taylor Jenkins would say a lot of those were what he would classify as good shots Maybe not for Dylan right now, but just in general with his general philosophy, his let it fly philosophy. No, the problem is they are shots you have to take. Yeah. These are wide open. These are wide open as good of looks as you're going to get. But the bigger question is okay, we know why he's wide open. Mm -hmm. And so if you tell him just don't shoot, the other thing I started noticing last night, Mark, it's not even just that they're leaving him open. It's they're like crashing hard to take away passing options. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's bogging everything down. So we'll see with Luke. I believe Taylor Jenkins is doing an availability at 4.30 Pacific time when they get into LA today. So uh, 6.30 our time. 6.30 our time. So maybe we'll get some sort of update on Luke's shoulder then. Um, he was not. He said he had some range of motion, but I it, bet we get. I bet we do not get. I bet we get an, a we're a non update update day to day. We're evaluating him, yeah, for which sure. is what that's fine. I mean, honestly, and I bet they're not lying either. Like I bet it's just like you know, it's like kind of like Jaw's hand. Like it depends how it feels when he wakes up in the morning. Yeah, I will say. I I would like for I was, I put this on Twitter last night. I'd like for Luke to Google Tordal. Can you do that? We we talked about this with Jaws hand can, with the shooting shoulder. Can you do that? I'm I feel better about numbing up a shoulder than I do a hand because oftentimes, like that's that's oftentimes what you see like quarterbacks do. Like quarterbacks just numb it up. Mm-hmm. Like when they obviously you would prefer this to be his right shoulder than his left shoulder. I still think I'd give it a go. Yeah, I think he will too. I don't know if he'll be. 100%, but I think he will play. It's too big of a game. He said, I mean, he made it clear he's going to do everything he can to play in that game, in game six. And it'll be the big, you know, kind of looming storyline over the game and, as you put it, over the over the series. Um, what else we got here? Oh, you had one about the officiating mm. that we talked about before the show. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't think the officiating was that bad so, last night. No, no, no. Oftentimes the officiating gets overblown. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you and I talked about it at the beginning of the series. When everyone wants to s- circle, look how many more free throws the Lakers shoot. Uh, Mark, what what's the statistic? No team led the league with a bigger disparity between free throws attempted and free throws taken mm-hmm. than them. Yes, like uh, that's something that. And honestly, like there have been moments where I'm like, I think the the Grizzlies are getting a decent whistle. Well, here's, I can tell here's, you, Ja probably doesn't think he's – Ja is not getting to the free throw line as much as he did during the regular season, and you can tell on some of these drives he's not happy about some of the no calls. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just feel like it's the problem with Anthony Davis. But here's here's really what I – I think this is the take that because I was str- struggling with it. At first I wanted the take to be the Grizzlies got to start working the refs better. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking – when you start working the refs, reputation matters. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure the Grizzlies players working the refs, I'm, I think that could backfire. Mm. And I feel like it's going to be the type of game where you don't want to get texts and whatnot. Like you don't want to do anything damaging. So I think this is where I've settled. Taylor Jenkins has got to start working the refs better because I feel like Darvin Ham is definitely winning the battle of working the refs. Well, I don't. Is it Darvin Ham as much as it's Darvin like LeBron? Has been them a lot, and even this is LeBron been, works him well, a lot too. Well, I mean, LeBron instructs. Yeah. Um, but this has been a big talking point for Pete and Brevin. Like, they have consistently pointed out how much Darvin Ham is working the refs. Mm. Like, he'll take timeouts just to go and like whine. Interesting. And so, yeah, because I have been surprised in this series as tightly contested as it is. As much as it's been like involving guys like Ja and LeBron, guys who really drive into the paint, Anthony Davis, we haven't had whether it was Darvin Ham or Taylor Jenkins one of those you know post game press conferences where they just go, "I'm going to take a fine and 
you know, it's the Phil Jackson complain about the refs. We haven't had one of those yet. The Phil Jackson, and like it feels like it might be too late for one. Maybe if like the Lakers were to lose Game Six, we might hear one from Darvin Ham, right? I think right. That's the that's only it. option. That's the only because, option like, now. It would have been last night for Taylor, and Taylor didn't do that. They, well, they won. Yeah, you're not going to do it after you win. Hmm. It would have been Game Four. Is when you, if you're Taylor Jenkins, you do it after Game Four. You go to the press conference and go, they're they're. You know they're mugging my star player, and he's not getting any calls. Um, something like that, because Ja is attempting five point five free throws per game in the playoffs this year. By the way, he no, attempted eight point one during the regular season. You got to do that. You got to come up to the microphone. So I guess assault's legal here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was it just just in the paint? Assault's legal. I don't know. I mean, some people have commented to me that they think the officiating has been horrendous. I- I've noticed both sides complaining about the officiating, no, I mean, which tells me it's been, probably there were fine. You suck chance in L.A. Yeah, it's probably fine. I mean, it's like, they, have they missed calls? Yeah, <laughs> they have. Um, but I don't think it's swung the series in any way. I agree with you. I do not think officiating was the reason the Grizzlies lost game four. Yeah. So, um, well... They've made it very, very interesting with the way they played uh, last night, and uh, I cannot wait to get out to Los Angeles uh, to cover this game because I think this is just going to be a – this could be – I mean, these are the types of games where, like, you know, when we're talking about – Legacy games, Yeah, like this nucleus of players, like this is where you make your name. You know, going out, going to L.A., you know, or like just this whole process of if you – if they can come back from 3-1 down against LeBron, be the first team – that LeBron squanders a 3-1 lead against, like that is that is truly shoving it back in the face of all the people who have gone after them in recent months. Like really over the last couple months, it feels like, is when it's picked up steam, but all season. Well, and this playoff series in particular. Yeah. No, they've been the most – I put it in my column up at commercialbill.com. They have been the most criticized team in the, in the NBA playoffs. Yeah. And – Although this- maybe last night <laughs> – the Bucks might have the Bucks submitted their nomination yeah, last night. That's but, true. But that felt like it came on late. Well, and that felt like it's like, you know what? Like they were a one seed that lost to an eight seed, an NBA title, like really like a, a top contender who lost to an eight seed. Like I think like to me, it's like well, it felt like it felt like it for the reason why they avoided the criticism at first, it's like, well, Giannis is hurt. When Giannis comes back, they'll be fine. Yeah. And then it didn't work. And then Budenholzer just well, yeah, that that he's he's that's, boy. It's going to be interesting how they deal with that. I mean, I don't think they're firing him, but like it does feel like he feels like he's a he's a bad twenty game stretch away from getting fired by the Bucks. That is the type of that's the type of series loss that changes the way people think about you, because, even with a title. Because I mean, I didn't watch a lot of the games. I got to see all, but I'm just going off what people are saying, and people are saying like Spolster took him to school. He did, and he just. He went brain dead. Right. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll talk about that during the list when we discuss more about the NBA playoffs. When we come back, you can hear the first round of the NFL draft right here on 92.9 FM ESPN tonight. We'll get you ready for that next right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey. 92.9 FM ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The first round of the NFL Draft tonight at 7 p.m. after the Gabe Kuhn Show on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's NFL station. At Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, it's time to define luxury in a new way. At every turn, you'll find audacious design, state-of-the-art technology, and exceptional hospitality. We are dedicated to crafting the world's best vehicles, matched by an extraordinary sales-to-service experience for our owners. Prepare to be noticed in the 2023 Genesis G70. This sporty sedan is a force to be seen. 
We'd love you to explore the 2023 Genesis GV70 with a class-leading 300-horsepower engine or the available 375-horsepower twin-turbo V6 for terrains from concrete jungles to mountain roads. It's a new beginning for a new generation. Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, 1870 Covington Pike, or visit us online at memphisgenesis.com. Estimated horsepower based on premium fuel ratings. Use of regular fuel will result in reduced horsepower. See dealer for complete details. Dealer stock only. Baseball is back, and the push for the postseason is on for hockey and hoops. Make it all count this spring with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the best wagering app around with a direct line to experienced bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Saturday, April 29th, come celebrate 901 night with your Memphis showboats take on the gamblers. We can't wait to have you for the USFL. Bring the whole crew to Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium with special ticket four packs. Over the middle, jump, oh, God, it's caught. And get a free 901 showboats hat. Fantastic seats get you right next to the action for just $10. And the showboats chug right back into this game. Buy your tickets today at theusfl.com. Let's make this a Mother's Day she will remember with Massage Envy. Let's give her time for her this year with a customized facial or relieve some of her tension and stress with a massage. At Massage Envy, we want to make a big deal out of her time with us. Customizable packages in Collierville at Carriage Crossing, the Germantown Collection at Poplar and Exeter, in Midtown on Union Avenue, and on Germantown Parkway in Cordova. Or call 901-290-2234 today. Relax. It's Massage Envy Spa. There comes a time every spring and summer where you look outside in Memphis and everything is colorful and blooming. Well, the same thing happens at O'Call, and that time has arrived. The spring and summer merchandise is here, and the whole store is blooming with color. Stop on by and see for yourself. Maybe you're planning for a spring trip, a return to the golf course, or wedding and graduation season. Or maybe you just want to celebrate the return of spring days, sunshine, and the playoffs. Whatever your inspiration, stop by and see your friends at O'Call. The whole place is blooming. It's time to hit the road in your new Kia from Gossip Kia on the Pike. You'll be turning heads and dropping jaws in a 2023 Kia Forte LXS. 41 MPG, now $249 a month, $27.99 do it signing. Or take your pick from all around good looking SUVs in 2023 Saltos LX All Wheel Drive, $29.99 do it signing. Or 2023 Kia Soul LX, $27.99 do it signing, $269 a month, your choice, all 36 monthlies. Plus reliability you can count on. Kia's 10 year, 100,000 mile powertrain limited warranty. Can't find what you're looking for? Let Bobby J order you a new ride today. That's Gossip Kia 1900 Covington Pike or shop 24-7 at KiaCovingtonPike.com If you want it, we got it and got it more. The acquisition fee, 30,000 miles, 20 cents excess mileage, Forte PE581348, MSRP21690, Seltos P745-8378, MSRP24840, Soul P7205317, MSRP22250, includes all rebates and incentives, must finance through Hyundai, excludes tax island license with approved credit, CD for complete details, offer valid through 43023, dealer stock only, warranties, limited power, chain warranty, Kia.com or retailer for details. This afternoon, possible heavy thunderstorms, high of 67. Weather brought to you by Staples. Staples stores are a new world of possible with innovative tools for small business and remote workers and learners. Explore more at your local Staples store or staplesconnect.com. Finding great people to hire can be like trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Their powerful matching technology delivers so many qualified candidates. It's like finding a needle in a needle stack. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. For less hay and more needles, head to ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. At ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. At Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, it's time to define luxury in a new way. At every turn, you'll find audacious design, state-of-the-art technology, and exceptional hospitality. We are dedicated to crafting the world's best vehicles, matched by an extraordinary sales-to-service experience for our owners. Prepare to be noticed in the 2023 Genesis G70. This sporty sedan is a force to be seen. 
We'd love you to explore the 2023 Genesis GV70 with a class-leading 300-horsepower engine or the available 375-horsepower twin-turbo V6 for terrains from concrete jungles to mountain roads. It's a new beginning for a new generation. Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, 1870 Covington Pike, or visit us online at memphisgenesis.com. Estimated horsepower based on premium fuel ratings. Use of regular fuel will result in reduced horsepower. See dealer for complete details. Dealer stock only. Hello, I'm Howard Mackler, founder of Innovation Refunds. You've heard me talking about the payroll tax refund for months. I'm so proud that we've helped over 15,000 businesses claim over $5 billion in cash incentives. If you own a business, even if you've asked your CPA about this, you owe it to yourself to take another look. Every client is assigned a licensed and insured tax attorney who evaluates your company at my expense to accurately determine eligibility. Innovation Refunds has hundreds of five-star reviews on Trustpilot and Google, and your business might be entitled to receive up to $26,000 per employee. Businesses of all types can qualify, including medical, professional, construction, even nonprofits. Please don't miss out on this. Even your doctor would tell you to get an expert second opinion, and we do a lot of work for doctors. Download the Innovation Refunds app now or go to GetRefunds.com to potentially get a payroll tax refund of $26,000 per employee. GetRefunds.com. GetRefunds.com. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back and bonus bets up to $25. Just log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt into the one-game parlay insurance promotion to receive up to $25 back in bonus bets if your parlay with four legs or more loses by just one leg. It's only at BetMGM, the best place to bet on baseball. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, 21 years of age or older to wager, Tennessee only, new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. Coming up next segment, we'll get into the list. We'll recap the NBA playoffs, get into the biggest storylines going on. Also, perhaps, maybe some information on who will be replacing Frank Haith as the Tigers' assistant coach. NFL Draft tonight, you can hear it right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. I believe we are four hours and 15 minutes away, according to ESPN's current draft Can I get the thing? It always gets me. Yeah. All right, Mark, I've written down some questions. Okay. Let's tell 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 me if any of these interest you, and then we can discuss. Okay. All right. Bryce Young's going number one. Like they've tried to they've tried to sell this as drama as a TV event. Like he's going number one. Number two. Who will the number two pick be? Mm. And collectively, can the Texans really not take a quarterback? I mean, if they don't like any in this draft. Okay. Can you really and they can run? get a haul and someone does want to move up? Well, so I think the biggest problem is they clearly want to trade out of this pick, mm-hmm. but they're not getting they're not getting the value. And I just keep thinking though, even if you're not in love with one of these guys, haven't we seen like, you're better off taking a shot? Yeah. I don't know. See, I feel differently. I feel like if, like... You can take you a to, shot and survive. You, you're, you basically have to commit, like, three years to that guy. At least. Right? If you're picking a well, quarterback the, the that high. 49ers say what up. Yeah, I know. But, like, the 49ers are a well... You know, like, they have a lot of stuff built around their quarterback. I mean, what the Jets the, say what up. What are the Texans? I know, but, like, that, that was a mistake by the Jets. They're now having to, like, go out and grab Aaron Rodgers because that was such a disaster taking Zach Wilson. So the thought process is... They like the quarterbacks in next year's draft better. That's what my commanders have done. They didn't. They're but not getting involved. With here's the, the biggest problem. 
if you couldn't get the number one pick with as bad as the Texans were last year, mm. how are you getting it th- next year? Yeah. Who 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 do they have on their rosters? Quarterbacks: Davis the Mills, 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 and in Case Keenum. Yeah. Who would you? I mean, I, I take. Okay. Who do you think's the second quarterback taken? At, I mean, do you think it depends on what team is taking the quarterback? Yes, I definitely think it depends on. I do not think there is a. So, like, if the Texans take a quarterback at two, who do you think it would be? Richardson. If the Texans take a quarterback at two. Or CJ Stroud. I think, think it ends up Stroud. I, I'm willing to. I'm willing to stake. My, here's. I'm going to put my flag down because I know there's going to be obvious comparisons, and we mentioned it a little bit yesterday. I do think CJ Stroud and Justin Fields are simpatico, and the biggest reason I think that they're simpatico is going into the season, it was Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Everyone thought that was going to be the presumptive one and two pick. Mm-hmm. Going into the 2020 draft, or the 21 draft, it was going to be Trevor. Trevor's going to be one. Fields will be two. Back all the way when they were in high school and being recruits, Mark, they were the two best guys in the same class, everything. Bryce and C.J. Stroud are identical to that. Like, they were back and forth, two best guys. You then had this weird draft thinking too much period where people started talking themselves into. Well, it appears at this point, Trevor should have gone number one, rightfully so. And again, Trevor's not perfect, but that appears to be of the quarterbacks taken, that was that was the one they he should have He looks like a franchise quarterback. Correct. The two that everyone talked themselves into, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, they've been disasters. Justin Fields is clearly ahead of them. Mm-hmm. I think there's still some questions, but it's like... yeah. He hasn't had much of a fair shake considering how bad the Bears have been, but now they're getting him smelt. I think you're probably right. If you're going to pick, if you're Houston there, you go with Stroud, I think. Um, I think there's too many question marks with with Richardson and with uh, Levis, and the only way I'd take them is if it's further down in the draft. Like, kind of like, I, I kind of group them more closer to Hendon Hook. Like, I kind of view, like, Hendon Hooker, if he hadn't torn his ACL, feels like he'd be in this conversation. He sort of is already. People are trying to push him into it. But I'd, I'd, I'd feel a lot better picking Hendon Hooker at 20 than I would picking Anthony Richardson at 4 or Will Levis at 4. So I agree with you, but here's the problem. So the Texans pick at 12. So there's the thought maybe the Texans are thinking exactly like you are. They don't love any one of these guys picking this high. Like I'd rather go. I'd rather go grab uh, what's his name, the linebacker from from Alabama, Will Anderson. Will Anderson, someone yeah. like that. Well, this will be one of my other questions, though. Mm-hmm. I'd take Jalen Carter. You, you're well. You have always been. Rule, give me the guy. Give me the guy with some question marks. Rule number one on defense only. On de- <laughs> if he doesn't have character issues, I have character issues. On defense, I want the biggest, baddest dudes you can find. So he's saying, by the way, he's not falling out of the top ten. He is he has declared publicly, Jalen Carter, have you seen this? That the Eagles have told him or told Drew Rosenhaus Rosie, it's me that he's gotten a promise from the Eagles that they'll take him at number ten if he falls there. I don't think he's falling out of the top five. Mm. So then the next question becomes, is someone going to trade up? And more importantly, and this is where of interest to, to some local people, are these rumors of the Titans trading up mm. for real? Yeah. Because right now— You don't think they're going to trade— There's been these rumors of them trading Derrick Henry, potentially. You don't think that happens tonight, right? The name that seems know. like it could go tonight is DeAndre Hopkins could get traded. Tonight. I don't know if he gets traded tonight. It seems like that they are they're going to tra- looking into it. Correct. So I thought this was interesting. Kuyper and McShay mm-hmm. both on their final mock. I don't know what number this is. Are we seven <laughs> I don't. I don't know where we are right now. But their final mocks they did today. They both have the Titans trading up to the Cardinals. Okay, and taking Stroud. 
Interesting. I mean, the Titans need to get a quarterback. Like they're like, and this would be. I think this is a good spot for Stroud too. Where, okay, part of it is maybe Stroud. Honestly, I've started to wonder. Like maybe Stroud doesn't want to go to the Texans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you give up. There are examples of players in the draft process that like know they don't want to go somewhere and give off bad vibes, and maybe that is. But I think that that's a good spot. Because Tannehill's going to be day one starter. And if you're a Titans fan, you can live with it because it's kind of the last year. Mm-hmm. And if and t- it's very clear there. That, like, like Mike Vrabel has accepted that what that version of the Titans that has been together for three, four years has run its course. Correct. And so they're doing this. That's why I think in the end he gets Henry gets traded. Mm-hmm. But you're not expecting... Stroud to come in and have to be the guy day one. You can ease him into it. Maybe if the Titans are done by like week 11, you hand it over to him. Mm-hmm. Like that feels like that feels like a pretty good spot for him. Yeah, so they've got they've got tight he's got Titans moving up to number 3. This is Kuiper. And then he's got Will Levis going 4 and Jalen Carter going 5 to Seattle. So he's got one yeah, Bryce Young, two Will Anderson to Houston, um, three Titans trade up with Arizona to get CJ Shroud, four Indianapolis takes Will Levis, five Jalen Carter. They both have identical top fives. Interesting. They've also got a running back. They've got the Texas running back, Bijan Robinson, going top 10, or Kuiper does at least. Would would, I, the, would okay. the Eagles really draft another running back? I would be surprised. My thing is, you. I think if you're the Eagles, and he's got the Texans taking Richardson at twelve. So I love Bijan Robinson. I just don't think I can take a running back in the top ten. Perfect example was when the Giants took Saquon. Saquon was awesome his rookie year, and it did not matter. Mm-hmm. Like I just, and the other thing is with if you're the Eagles. Jalen Hurts put so much pressure on you in the run game already. You don't have to have like an amazing running back. Mm-hmm. Like he's gonna have favorable matchups. They all have the identical top five. Who does? Are you on Kuiper or McShay? I'm on Kuiper. All right. So who does Kuiper have? They both have identical top sixes. What is what? Who does? Who does he have at seven? Kuiper has uh, Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback. From so Oregon, far, all good. Going to Vegas. Eight. He's got Tyree Wilson, the defensive end the from exact Texas same thing. Tech. Nine, he's got Paris Johnson Jr., the tackle from Ohio State. Ten, he's got Bijan Robinson. They both have identical top tens. What did you have you seen where we we this NFL draft? I don't know what your favorite. I'm curious what your favorite part of the NFL draft, like the viewing experience, is. But have you heard that kite? There's we're gonna see a bit of a beginning of the changing of the guard this weekend. Matt Miller, who used to do like NFL draft stuff for for Bleacher Report, apparently Kuiper like personally requested that ESPN hire him. Yes. As and and he is going to whereas it used to be just Kuiper on day three, you know, like because ESPN has made the decision. I thought I thought this was interesting. Like it's been what, like ten years since the NFL went to this three-day format, right? Something like that, 10, 15 years. I don't think it's quite. I want to say I was at the first one. I was. I, I think it's like two thousand eleven was the first one because I was at it, covering. I was like behind. I was like following around Ryan Williams, this running back from Virginia Tech, and he was like day. He was in the the whatever green room for day two, you know, like and and day one he was there, but he didn't get picked um, until the second round. And uh, but I believe that was the first year they did it. So it was like 2011, something like that. Okay, so I, I don't know why I thought it was a little later than that. But that if you covered it, then yeah, I'm pretty sure I covered it. Um, but I mean, to me, my my well, but but what I was saying is this: Matt Miller guy is now going to do day three with Kuiper. Uh, it's not just going to be Kuiper breaking down the prospects. And it was like insinuated, like it's not like Kuiper is on the verge of retiring, but like. This is the guy he is like, kind of anointing as the next Kuiper. So if, well, what would be the? Because at first I was thinking, it would be like 
Favre. Like this is his handpicked successor. With Favre with Aaron Rodgers, but Favre. No, this is like yeah. sounds like this is sounds like it was not at ESPN's behest. It was like Kuiper looking into the future and going, "This guy is who I think is the best version, new age version of me." And so he had ESPN hire. He convinced ESPN to hire him. And then the other thing is ESPN. What I find interesting is they went. They've they've transitioned from this philosophy, and it in, in retrospect, it's really smart. Like it used to be. Day three, day two, they'd kind of go big picture, you yeah. know, like the dra- the picks would be coming in, they'd and occasionally, scrolling. occasionally they talk yeah. about a notable guy, but mostly they'd be like interviewing GMs and yeah. interviewing coaches and talking like big picture NFL stuff as the draft was going on, and they've decided, you know what, like most of our audience on day three is like hardcore football fans. We're gonna talk about every pick. I well, think it's kind of interesting, like, that They also have, like, the multiple broadcasts. Like, they have the college broadcast. Yes. That, like, it's ABC has, like, the game day yeah. people, right? But that's just for day one, right? Maybe it might it be day two as well. I don't think it is day three. I think day three they cut it down. But the biggest question I have tonight, along the same lines, when you're talking about, like, the forgetting the pick stuff, mm-hmm. who has the most awkward interaction with Goodell? Oh, uh, okay. Like, are we going to get 